feels good to be back recording. I don't know why I resist this project so much, but mostly just end up putting my energy into way too many things rather than just one thing at a time and focusing and prioritizing things the way they should be. But it's a form of resistance and I'm sure you guys feel it too. Maybe it's a creative project, maybe it's working out, maybe it's calling your mom, your father you haven't talked to in a long time, someone, maybe you're just resisting something, right? Anything. Resistance sucks. <laughs> Excuse your little baby ears, but it fucking really sucks if you can't face, you know, why you're resisting it or getting to the root of you know, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of failure? Are you afraid of success? Are you actually afraid of even just being so vulnerable to an audience of people or maybe your your own mother or your best friend and even yourself? You know, resisting change or any form of progressive, you know, movement is... It's challenging, you know, we're, we get comfortable in our ways and stagnant and maybe don't want to create the change that's necessary, but whew, you're only going to continue to suffer if you don't. And that's where I would like to share a little bit more about why I've actually been resisting this project and what's been going on with my life. And hopefully you guys will not only relate but not be afraid to share your story and testimony of how God works in mysterious ways and really does save lives and relationships and everything in between so you know this episode it may bring tears to me it may bring tears to you nonetheless I'm grateful to be alive today and still be able to create during these pretty, what seems like <laughs> apocalyptic times, you know, uh, internally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, collectively, physically, all around, uh, you know, bits and pieces can seem like sad, uh, you know, people are maybe in a funk or just, you know, life is just not as good as we freaking thought it would be by now. And it's all our personal choice, Right. Choices can be good, choices can be bad. And with that, I am going to share a little bit more about my choice making and how I got to where I am today to share the story with you guys. So my first introduction to drugs and alcohol was at the young age of 13 and 14 years old when I was getting involved with the wrong crowd um, in middle school. I knew that there was like the good kids, the bad kids, tried to stay away from the bad kids, and I mostly did, but I was still aware of what they were doing, smoking weed, drinking alcohol. And I actually had one friend who was addicted to cocaine at the age of 15. So I'm not going to share any names, of course, but it was the first time that I had seen other drugs in my childhood um that I, the quote-unquote cool moms and dads who purchased alcohol for their underaged kids and hosted house parties on Fridays and Saturday nights yeah I was part of that crowd and not proud to admit but I would actually pregame by taking my mom's Captain Morgan from behind her toilet and and putting that in 
into my own body. Basically, you know, after years and years of thinking it was okay, socially acceptable, cool kids do it, it's normal, everyone around me is drinking. I mean, just one thing after the next, right? They all kind of accumulate into this habit and addiction with just staying home and drinking or self, you know, isolating and drinking a whole bottle of red wine. Yes, of course, that it was becoming a problem and an issue until a few years ago, um, about two years ago, actually, um, after spending a summer in Maine. And up in the state of Maine, it's another very socially acceptable state where even the bartenders drink with friends and customers and it's just a normal thing to take shots and drink and be a functioning person drinking uh, while working and serving customers, which I don't know how legal that really is. Uh, Probably highly illegal nonetheless. Shouldn't be doing it because it's not good customer service. Nonetheless, um, I... Became an habitual drinker up there too. Socially accepting, you know, by the pool, when you're on the boat, when you're just taking a hike. Um, it was just one of those things that, again, was normal. And I didn't think anything of it uh, not being okay or normal until one of my friends that I met up there asked if I had any addictions. And I pondered and, you know, I laughed and said, yeah, you know, caffeine, weed, sex, <laughs> and maybe alcohol. But at the end of the day, I didn't really understand what addiction was or how it re- could really affect and take over someone's entire life and literally debilitate them from achieving success and committing to becoming a greater person but you know it's it's a normal thing here in the u.s for people to order a beer or a beverage of you know non, an alcoholic beverage with their meals and realistically speaking that's where you make your money so it's like if you want to sell drinks and you know get better tips you you upsell you, you sell the fancy drinks you get around and you keep them going and you keep them going you don't have a good time right that's it's socially acceptable which I became socially accepting of alcohol and was just thinking, you know, it was normal. <laughs> it's totally okay to have a drink or two. And, and for the first and time, I understood too. what a nightcap was. You know, whiskey was my nightcap of choice. I, I was drinking Woodford Reserve, of all things. I can recall nights of clearing out a whole bottle of red or white wine and I wasn't drunk enough, so then I would make two to three old fashions and drink them within an hour or two of each other. Um, actually within an hour or two, not of each other. And then I'd be feeling good. Then I'd, I would just sleep right through the night, would wake up and essentially do it all over again. But what I started to do was discipline myself by running and, and, you know, running in the morning, jogging, sweating, doing physical activity to balance out my health of, Ooh, yay, I'm so healthy by, you know, playing tennis and riding my bike 10 miles or more a day. And, you know, but at the other half of the day, I was consuming nonsense. I mean, true toxins that were just destroying everything about me that I just was fighting through. 
And and I never and I recall waking up some mornings and looking at myself and being like, "You're better than this," you know. You don't have to continue feeling like this type of thing. And those mornings were real. I can remember thinking, "Okay, I'll I'll make it till like four o'clock and then I'll have a drink because I would always at least wait till after one or two o'clock." So I didn't have that guilty like. Wow, I'm already start my day with alcohol at eleven o'clock in the morning, like a true alcoholic. You know the stories you hear of people grabbing the the vodka bottle at eight a.m. and and really starting swigging. It's like, shit. I know it's not to that extent, but it's definitely on my mind at all times. And and why is that? You know. So I began to try to help myself a little bit more, again hiding it from my family, hiding it from my friends. And, you know, we'd go out social drinking. I would just black out. I would always just not know, <laughs> not remember the nights. And it was just a not a good time because countless, and I'm talking over 20 times, if not 30, 40 times of, of going out and really not, not remembering anything. And yes, there's brown nuts, there's blackouts. But these were experiences that I literally don't remember any detail of maybe talking to someone, taking pictures with them, the whole thing. And we've all been there, right? But this became a normal way of living for me, and I was just not okay with it. So the way I decided to help myself, I thought that going back to the back to the roots, you know, of psilocybin and, you know, natural ways of healing was the way. And shortly realized that that was not a good escape either because I was still combining alcohol with the psilocybin and really just losing sight of reality. I ended up getting a job in my neighborhood at the country club and was working there for about two weeks, still trying to detox myself from alcohol. And literally on the night of October 25th, lost my mind and I'm not going to go into detail uh, of this. I may further in, in my future of, of episodes and things. And when I'm really ready to share that experience, I will. But essentially, I spent four days in the hospital oh. and 11 days in a mental health, uh, you know, behavioral health center. I was transported from the east coast of Florida to the west coast of Florida where I have some memories of being transported and talking to doctors and other nurses that were trying to help me nonetheless I was uh, what the doctors had classified me as a drug-induced psychosis so after spending 11 days in a place where I is the closest thing to living in hell uh, for for mental health place um, it was it was really challenging to to fight my demons and I didn't realize I had so many and nonetheless it wasn't the best place to to start recovery um, I don't really feel like there were the best resources at that establishment uh, to help me or even understand what I was going through because there was just too many other people in the facility that needed help um, so fast forward on November 11th, I was released and again, it's a blessing that I, I made it out alive because there was such a dark time before that night that I was admitted to the hospital that I was ready, ready to go. I was begging to God, please, you know, let me get hit by a semi. 
asking friends for Xanax and pills to maybe just numb the pain. Uh, it was it was dark. It was a really really dark time for me. And I I made it out through the light. I just kept praying every day to you know please heal me from this addiction. I can't do it on my own. When I got back home, um, I started attending AA meetings. I met some really great support groups and, and, and support supporting individuals, inspiring people with their stories, etc. And fell short real quick and picked up the habit again. I was like, I can't, can't be doing this no more. <laughs> like, I have to be stronger than my addictions, you know? And it was just, it was more that I began to research the dangers of alcohol, you know, the psychology of it all. And it really is, it's all a dopamine effect. And that's all that we're ever searching for. And that's why there's so many drugs and other mind-altering substances that are in our culture and around us because it's a great escape. It's, it's just easy to consume and and to get out of your head and, and just go somewhere else. But newsflash, folks. <laughs> when shit really hits the fan, it will hit the fan and you better have a helmet on or some type of security blanket because it can get rough. And I just pray that no one has to experience something like that. Uh, the journey of sobriety has not been easy and if it were easier I think more people would do it and there'd be more support groups and um, you know outreach and community resources that that are were there to, to help people when they really are having a, a substance abuse problem and and don't feel like there's a safe place to go and that's where you know, friends and family are the most important relationships you have in your life because I can thank God every day for my family coming coming to the rescue to really help me during during that time. <sighs> and you know, it's been we're gonna be hitting the one year anniversary uh next next month of of the incident and it's starting to freak me out because I'm having a hard time realizing that I just made it through something like that. And it's it's a testimony, y'all, that God will put you through some trials and tribulations to, to test you. See if you're really, you know, do you want to be part of his tribe or not? <laughs> because when you look the other way and, and follow the devil's temptations, you'll end up in some really, really bad spots. And I did everything I could to be the light in that in that arena of darkness. And I mean, I, I would pray every day. My, my family brought a journal to me. Unfortunately, that journal was stripped from my belongings uh, the day that I left. So I have no, no tangible property of that. And it, it was just, it was a lot. And, you know, that's kind of my update. And confessions, as Usher would say, of my life and my, you know, problems that I'm dealing with right now. I am trying to start my own cleaning business in town and really just giving my all to 
to forming a better relationship with myself and God and the people that I that love me and the people that I love around me. And it's been quite the healing process, to say the least, because there is a lot, a lot of letting go of what I thought was, you know, the reality, what was that, what I thought was my reality, what I thought was the truth, what I thought, you know, everybody else was going through, um, was really just in my own mind. And the more that I become comfortable with connecting other, with other believers and other individuals that are, you know, really committed to this, this work as well and practice faith, it's, every day is, is a miracle to be alive and to really continue to grow and and be part of this this human experience <laughs> because to think that a year ago I didn't want to be part of it and was really ready to to leave <laughs> to leave planet earth and the reality of it is I I love it here <laughs> I really do you know, it's very hot here in southwest Florida still. It's probably the last last uh, month that we'll really be experiencing some high heat advisories and whatnot. And hurricane season's still in full throttle. But, you know, we're all making making the best of it, what we got down here. And, you know, I hope you all are too. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're all we got. So we got to keep uh, continuing to raise our vibrations do what we need to do to to get better, to help our communities, to to inspire other people, to connect with your neighbors, to say to your family that you genuinely love them. You know, when's the last time that you crafted a family night, a family day? But the reality is that everybody's busy. Everyone's got their hustle and bustle going on too. But it's never too late to make the time for quality time for those who you love and I hope that this episode and you know that message serves as a genuine reminder that you know I say it over and over again you're not alone no matter what struggle you may be facing again alcoholism any type of addiction any any resistance that we're creating for ourselves whatever it may be you know push through it fight through it you know, take the time that you need to, to recenter, to reground, to re away from society, away from people, but in a safe environment, like the park, like a meditation room, like a library room, um, anywhere that you can find your happy place. You know, my favorite place to go um, is, is the beach. However, it's just way too hot right now, and there's so many people. So... It's really not the greatest time to go there. So alternatively, I have been booking private rooms at my local library, which it's highly recommended for people who are bookworms and uh, or maybe just interested in becoming a bookworm and want to just hide away in a library all day. It's a great place to do so. <sighs> wow. Well, I'm glad I got all that off my chest. The tears are still drying on my face right now. And Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. It took a lot for me to be that vulnerable and really share that sense of self with my listeners and new viewers and everyone in between. So thank you so much for your support. If you are interested in sharing your story or have 
a friend, a guest, or anybody else in your life that you think would have a that has a great story and would love to share their testimony with me on this podcast, I'd be happy to have them as a guest. Simply email me at talksoflifepodcast at gmail.com or go ahead and visit the website at www.talksoflifepodcast to connect with me there. Really grateful that you found this podcast amongst all the other podcasts. And I thank you greatly for your continued support as I, as I grow this podcast. Get outside, do great things, and be the change that you wish to see in the world. Thanks for listening to the Talks of Life podcast. Each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. That's life. I tell you, I can't deny it. I thought of quitting, baby, but my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'd jump right on a big bird.